welcome to this Xbox Life episode 245, The State of Gaming 2013, take two. I am Mark, aka Wingman709, and with me this week, as always, is my goodest, bestest buddy, Rob. What up, everybody? This is Rob, also known as Prestar on Xbox Live. So, we are experiencing wonderful Skype problems again this week. Yet again. As we had last week. That's why I said take two. Thankfully, we had just started. We were only a couple minutes in when we Skype killed us again. Um, you know, I got to say, Rob, this, and of course, this wasn't even in the, the first take. I'm going to jump a little off. I guess I got something else to talk about. I'm a little concerned here because Skype used to be really good. And we've had a lot of problems as of late with Skype. And I know that Skype is going to be in the new Xbox. Right. So... Either the concern I have is a Skype itself on the PC. What kind of hit is that going to take when you add all these other Xbox Live people now on Skype? You know, I don't know. If, you know, they say they're going to add three hundred thousand servers. You know, maybe most of them are going to be Skype servers. I don't know. <laughs> um, just just to handle it yeah. because I can't even get a one-on-one conversation with you. Last couple of weeks, it just keeps dropping. And, you know, as they're doing this and, you know, they're testing and they're doing stuff and they're adding features and all with Xbox One, well, our regular Skype clients on our PCs are taking a hit. So I'm a little concerned. I hope we don't have problems with Skype going forward. Yeah, I know. I mean, Skype is probably considered like one of those other services where, you know, you get what you pay for. <laughs> and I don't know about you, I don't pay anything for Skype. Well, once it becomes part of my Xbox Live Gold, I guess I am paying for it. Uh, sort of, really, right? Kind of. Can I claim uh, that? <laughs> Microsoft owns Skype, so. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I paid for my OS. You're paying for those 300,000 servers. I'm paying for Xbox Live, so I don't know. Well, we're going to get going here before they drop us out again. Hopefully we'll that's stay right, connected. Right. So We'll talk fast. But uh, i got to throw a quick thanks out to Mr. BJSwick33, also known as Brun, to all his close friends. Um, and his mom. And his mom, <laughs> yeah. And uh, because last week he talked to me about had I seen a show called Arrested Development, and this is a TV show. It was on the on the air for a couple of years, and then they they canceled it. And I guess a lot of I guess the internet blew up, and you know dogs and cats were living together and mass hysteria. So Netflix, I guess, bought the rights to this TV show, and they've released a new season. And it's the only way you can watch it, I guess, now is through Netflix. Yep. Well, I guess this was met with some really great success, and I actually gave the show a try, and I got to say, I absolutely enjoying the show. It uh, reminds me of a TV show I, I love called Curb Your Enthusiasm, and uh, it, it it it's kind of to me it feels like it's the same style of TV show, um, and I think if you like Curb Your Enthusiasm and you hadn't seen this, I think you would like Rusted Development, but um, it's a pretty funny TV show. So thanks to Braun for that recommendation. Um, and if anybody hasn't watched it, it's available on uh, Netflix. And I guess the new season, I think it's season four, they released the entire season all at once. So the whole season's up there. I guess I think it's 15 yeah. shows. So, That's awesome. Netflix does that. Yeah. So, um, And my other bit of news that I want to talk about is I saw the new Star Trek movie finally, and I'm so excited, dude. It was so awesome. 
Oh, such a great movie. I loved it. Have you um, have you seen uh, the new one, Rob? I have not seen the new one. I, I did see the old one, and I just haven't had time to see the new one. But it's definitely on my plate at some point to checking it out. Have you uh, have you seen a movie yet in IMAX, like a, a regular feature film on the IMAX three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, it is it is definitely a different experience. This is I've seen several now, and yep. uh, it's quickly becoming my preferred way to see a movie, especially one that's like like this, um, an action flick type of thing. Because my goodness, the sound. The, the, the stereo system they put in those IMAX theaters, I'm surprised my ears weren't bleeding when it came out. Super loud, just, I mean. What? You're, exactly. Your what? chairs are shaking, you're, you know, I think your internal organs are jumbling around. That's it's the so way loud. it should be. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, if you're going to drop some coin to see a movie in a theater, it better do that. Otherwise, just watch it at home. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yep. That's part of the experience. Who cares about the big screen? We got big screens at home. <laughs> exactly. I want a jumbo. I want a jumbotron now. So. Yeah. Yeah, IMAX is definitely the way to see a movie. That's for sure. Yeah, what's those screens um, that are like curved? You know what I'm talking about? That's a Omni. Omnimax. Omni. Uh, is it Omnimax? Yeah, I think it is Omnimax. Yeah, those are the ones that are like curved that they have yeah. uh, at like the museums and stuff, right? Yeah, so like you're doing the flying. It's the yeah. ones that make you throw up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where it's it's like uh, the fisheye effect or fish. Yeah, because it's like you almost are laying down because it's to your left, to your right, it's above you and below yeah. you, and yeah, it's like a screen that kind of wraps around half of the the domed room because yeah. the room's like a dome. But yeah. no, the IMAX is one big. It's a huge screen. screen. It's huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's cool. Oh, yeah. So I definitely recommend seeing the new Star Trek in the IMAX. It was fantastic. So. Okay. It was awesome. So anyways, let's jump into our what we've been playing. So, Rob, you've got a new game here. I've never heard of this. Um, I'm curious as what this is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a game that I kickstarted uh I don't know how long ago. Sometime last year, it's called Soul Forge. Uh, they've got a beta that's uh, coming out. It's going to be available on PC, iPad, uh, and possibly Android. It's a it's a card game of sorts. That's uh, pretty cool. I won't bore anybody with the details of it. Uh, if you're interested, <laughs> definitely check it out. It's uh, done by the company that did Ascension, which is a it's not really a collectible card game. It's a deck building game, I guess. And this thing is the one thing that kind of sets us apart from some other games is that as you play cards, the further along you get in the game, the more powerful that they are. So the cards actually level up. So, you know, in the beginning, you know, where, you know, you don't have a whole lot of resources and so forth, uh, the cards are level one, they're pretty weak, and then. Hey, they're level two. You know, shortly thereafter, they're much stronger. Then they go to level three, where they're really kind of badass. But it's it's a pretty cool game. Uh, it'll be a really bad, nice. bad word, Rob. You said a bad, bad word. I'm so ashamed of you. Mm-mm, I didn't. <laughs> Dude, I'm a host. I can say whatever I want. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's in my contract. <laughs> I I've, I've okay, okay. have foregone the M and M's for this ability. All right. But anyway, so uh, I, I really hope it would be really awesome to see this come out on Xbox Live, but I somehow don't think that's going to happen. But hey, one can hope. Uh, what have you been playing? Oh, I played a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, quite a few things, actually. 
Um, I finally completed the Assassin's Creed 3 campaign. Thank goodness. Um, Was it a big chore? Oh, dude, it was such a chore to get through this game. It it was not anything I enjoyed at all. Um, I really didn't like it. Um, I, I, I've played, like, this is the fifth Assassin's Creed game i played, and I've played through all the others, and it's just like, yeah. I felt like I have to, you know? I mean, I, I've, I've, because I've played all the others, I almost feel, like, compelled, like I have to continue. But it's just like, I have no clue what was going on. I was skipping the story because I was so bored with it, so frustrated with this game. Um, I feel that they've gone and tried to put so much into it. There's, like, something to do, like, you can send covered wagons to towns and resource building. They don't even explain how to do any of it. And it's like, how do, what purpose does it serve in the game? And there's, like, I, like, in previous games, I would use different weapons and smoke bombs and stuff. And it's like, in this game, I never did. They never really told you how to do it. The, and they keep messing with the control scheme every time they release this new game. And now it's so convoluted, I can't even figure out how to do anything. Um, and, and it's just, to me, they've just taken the fun out of it. Uh, there's no real challenge to climb up buildings anymore. Uh, you just, walk towards it and hold the trigger and he just climbs like he climbs all on his own now so there's not really like a challenge where it used to be like oh where are you gonna go and it's just like he could just goes and i just didn't like it i just there were so many things about it i didn't like um and oh my gosh they're going back and forth through the the frontier it's like oh go do this okay then walk across all these different map zones back to your homestead and then go back again to it's just, I just thought it was a bunch of, let's waste the gamer's time by walking around, and I, I'm done. I'm not gonna get Assassin's Creed 4. I don't care how good it is, because they've just, this series has just gotten ruined for me. Um, and, and it started really with, um, Revelations. Um, I think that really started, I really was disappointed with what they did there, and then this one just, kind of sealed the deal so oh wow i i did finish the campaign because i bought the game you know i felt like i need to finish it but i'm I'm done with it it's not going back on my xbox um i put a blast from the past back in called red dead redemption oh yeah and it was kind of funny because i got an achievement um and i happened to look i was like when was the last time i played this or when was the last time i got an achievement in this game so it was uh, three years previous. <laughs> oh wow! I I was like May of 2010. I'm like, oh my goodness! I'm like I've had this game sitting here for three years. Um, so I I continued through. I thought I was getting to the end of the story. I still got quite a ways to go. Um, I was hoping to get it done. I really this is my goal. I got to get this one done. And um, then Fuse showed up at my door so i played that this week um so red dead's kind of got pushed back but i'm gonna get red dead done this year because there's like nothing this summer coming out it's it's such a drought this summer i'm gonna easily be able to knock red dead out but um so i will get it done i'll get it done this year it's my goal Uh, and i like the game i really like red dead redemption i think it's a fantastic game um then also i picked up forza horizon the limited edition Now i had pretty much completed this game with the exception of, like, two achievements, I, I completely had finished the game. The only thing I didn't do was win a hard race, because I'm like, I didn't even try. I figured I'm not going to be able to win a hard race. 
Um, and then I have to do like the last, um, there's these skill missions and stuff that I was trying and I just couldn't get them down. So, um, I'm probably not going to get those, but the limited edition had a bunch of extra cars. They've got a bunch of free DLC that came out. Um, so I got the limited edition for like 30 bucks and this was like an $80 game when it came out. So it comes with a whole bunch of cars and all this stuff. So I put that in and I really liked Horizon. I thought it was a fun, fantastic game. So I actually own it now and I played a little bit of that, had some fun with it with that new DLC. Um, and I'm considering to buy the rally DLC. Um, I'm thinking about it, but they want 20 bucks for it, but I, I might do it cause it's just a fun game. Um, like I said, I played Fuse that came out this week, and um, it's. I was disappointed in the demo. Then I started playing. I still rented it because I wanted to, to. You know, I just kind of. There's nothing else to play this week, anyways. So I kind of. I still left it on there. I did enjoy parts of this game. I think the weapons, specifically the warp rifle, was the one I used. Um, that one is really cool. It's like you shoot people enough times, and then it makes them disappear and like the singularity effect and just the sound effects and the visuals of what the weapons do to the enemies is really neat. It's really cool. Um, and then they, they've got it where you can chain these events. So you could have like all like five or six people just all of a sudden go into this, uh, singularity and just disappear. It's so cool. It, it makes a really neat noise and you know, it was fun. I, I did co-op the game, um, with, uh, with the Moculus. And it was enjoyable, but there's like six chapters in this game. And dude, these chapters are long. They're the, the shortest one is probably an hour long. And then we had some that were upwards of two hours. And we were just playing on normal. We weren't struggling. But it was just like, oh my goodness. This, they, so they're, they're, I don't like that their chapters are so long. Because when you're trying to do a co-op session, you know, it's just like, kind of drags you out sometimes you know you need a i think they sh- need to break it up in smaller chunks but it was okay but i if if people want to get the full thousand this is not the game to do it in you're going to play it at least twice uh you'd have to play it on hard your first time out and then unlock the lethal vert level or insane or whatever it is and then play it again you got to get four characters all ranked up there's a lot of a lot of grinding in this game oh boy. um and it's okay. It's not bad. Um, but I would, I can't recommend to buy the game. Even though, you know, it stinks because I was, this was Insomniac's first game on the 360. And there was a couple glitchy issues, technical issues I had. Um, once I had to actually quit the game and restart from a checkpoint because the camera like locked on my character's face. Uh, how can I shoot, play a shooter when you're locked on your character's face, you know? Uh, that doesn't work so well. So no. it's and there's really nothing special in this game. There, it's the standard three uh, third person cover shooter. You know, it, it runs like it's like Gears of War. It's really like Gears. They run the characters run when you hold the A button. They run the same. Um, you can hop over your cover, get in the cover. Um, it all functions like Gears of War. So really, it's a Gears of War clone, and they even have a mode, multiplayer mode called Echelon, which essentially is Horde mode. That's okay. all it is, um, yeah. but with objective, like mission objective, Horde mode, if you will. Um, it's just uh, it's okay, 
But um, it's nothing special. I can't recommend. I would say rent it. Don't buy it. This, to me, uh, you know, pick it up if you want to support the developer. Wait till the till your local game store has it in the bargain bin. You know, um, it, it's just not. I don't think it's worth the sixty bucks. Uh, the last thing I tried was the Castle Storm demo. This was I was looking forward to this because it's done by Zen Studios, the makers of Pinball FX2, and um, I it looks really neat. It's got some really cool animation. But the game's just not for me. Um, I was hoping to like it because I, I want to support that studio. I really like what they do. And they finally broke out and made a non-pinball game for the Xbox. And I just, I just, it's like Vikings fighting knights and you got to tear their castle down. And I just didn't like the way the game played myself. But, you know, I, I'd still recommend people to try out the demo. Um, if you like it, definitely support Zen. They, you know, they make some good stuff. I just didn't care for it myself. Right. But um, so yeah, I got some good stuff in this week. So um, that's it for our gaming this week. So I guess we can go ahead and jump into our topics. Let's do it. And it looks like I got a first one. This is this is a rumor. We're gonna start our stories off this week with a rumor. Um, the driver series developer Ubisoft Reflections is supposedly working on a new racing game called The Crew. Uh, the Examiner has reported this story. They have cited an unnamed source. They're saying that the game is an all-new racing franchise that is intended to be a realistic title, possibly, be, possibly being positioned against Forza and Gran Turismo. Reflections, has, um, which is a developer, has been out of the racing game circuit for the past couple of years after the release of Driver San Francisco. The studio has spent its time since playing second fiddle for Just Dance, Far Cry, and Watch Dogs for Ubisoft's Montreal and Paris studios. And Ubisoft Reflections is expected to announce its new game at E3. So we may see a new realistic racer franchise um, in our future. So, okay. Personally, I like Forza, and I just, you know, I don't need another, I think... I'm good with the Forza myself. I don't see myself, especially when it comes to these racing games. I mean, to me, most of them are basically the same. You know, where you really, I think you have your differences is like a Forza and Blur, you know. You have you know, arcade racers and then your realistic racers. Right. I Cool. But to have multiple realistic ones, I can't. I've already been playing the Forza franchise. I like it. I can't see myself bailing for another one when what can they really offer? You know, they look realism so real. is realism. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, our cars look better. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell the difference between the car now and a real one, you know, in, in the latest Forza. So saying it looks better is meaningless. You know, exactly. well, we've got cockpit view. I don't race in cockpit view, so I don't Yay. care. You know, right. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right, moving on. Um, this story kind of floored me when it came out the other day, where Microsoft is investing $1 billion into games on the Xbox One. $1 billion. That's huge. <laughs> it's unbelievable, the amount of money that they're sinking into this thing. So, I mean, if they're dropping this much cash into it, I mean, do you think they're taking it serious? 
and, and it's it's not just a billion into the console. Into the games. Into the games, right. Right. Yeah, that's – that. I mean, they need to. This is – we've been screaming for, like, IPs, new IPs, exclusive IPs. I think they need it. Sony – the PlayStation 3 had a bunch, you know, Uncharted, and now they got The Last of Us from Naughty Dog. I mean, Naughty Dog's a great developer. Um, they've got – I'm glad Insomniac finally broke out of that and, and is – you know, building for multiple platforms, but mm-hmm. Sony's got a lot of good uh, first-party developers in their pocket, and Microsoft really doesn't have. You know, they've got Gears, Halo. Um, I don't know what else. I think that's the main ones, isn't it? Well, Gears, Halo, Forza, and Forza. Yeah, I just said, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so yeah. we've got our racing. We've got our our shooter. You know, um, there's not a lot else out there. Yeah, I can't think of any other titles because, well, you know, Mass Effect and COD are. Mass cross. Effect was it, it was originally right. Xbox exclusive, and now the first two, right? Right. And now it's a cross-platform too, as well. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like we need more stuff like Crackdown. Oh man, please bring Crackdown three. Um, we need stuff like that that's exclusive to to the Xbox One. You know, we need some more new franchises. Alan Wake is another one, um, but it, I don't think they're going to do much more with that. I don't know if we'll see an Alan Wake 2 or not. Uh, yeah. But uh, so we got Re- Remedy, you know, has has done that. And I, I don't know. I think that the Quantum, was it Quantum Break? Was that new Remedy title they they showed at that press conference or the reveal? I think yeah, Quantum I'm gonna, something. I think it's going to be an exclusive. I took it that it is, but, um, you know, we need stuff like that. I really think they need to invest in, you know, they kind of didn't go that route last time, and now they need to. So um, Sony did it. Well, Sony's continuing to do it. Well, let me ask some real quick here. So, okay, so you've got these games that are exclusive, and then you've got the games that are releasing first on Xbox. Do you think that... If a game releases first on Xbox and then, you know, let's say like a PS whatever game comes out, let's say one or two months later, is that just as good as an exclusive? Mm, no, I people... don't think so. I don't think so. No? No, because if if all my friends had PlayStation 4 then and they can, we could get the same games on both consoles, then I'm going to go to a PlayStation 4 if that's where my friends are. Especially when I can play the same game. So what if I gotta wait two weeks or a month or you know? I don't... A lot of people can't wait, so they'll get a three. But know, there are people Xbox. that can. There are people that can. And there's <laughs> people right now that will wait until games are on sale before they buy them. They don't buy them brand new, yeah. you know. And uh, I don't know. It's like I was surprised this week that I had never once, other than Democulus, he was the only one playing Fuse, which is a brand new title. Usually, when a new game comes out, you see several people Everybody, playing. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're, you're game, you know, it's always that first two weeks. Get all your multiplayer achievements in because that's when everybody's playing the new, the new hotness. And no one was playing it. You know, it was only him and I. Yeah. That's it. I was like, wow, that surprises me. So, you know, a lot of people are gonna, you know, we I've seen in our Facebook group, people are saying, man, I just wait. I wait till they're on sale, or you know, I can get them through Amazon yeah. for. Like, I just bought the Forza Horizon. I had rented it and played it almost to completion. It's a game I wanted to keep 
really, but I was like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll wait. And here I got the limited edition for 30 bucks. I got the $80 yeah. version for $30. That was a heck of a deal. Oh, so yeah. I snagged, snagged it up, and um, I'm very happy, you know. It's a brand-new copy, you know. So um got all the DLC stuff, and, you know, I was having fun with it. So I'll be playing it again here throughout the summer because I got a lot of those – I got a lot of stuff to work on in that game with those new DLC they released. So right. a lot of people wait. I don't – so I think that – the exclusives, you can only play this on our console, is helpful. I really do. I think that's really helpful. Okay. If, think about Call of Duty. If they could somehow pay Microsoft, or if, if Microsoft could pay Activision enough money to say, you only release Call of Duty titles on our on Xbox One, I think you'd have a lot of people that would be buying an Xbox One to play Call of Duty. Oh, for sure. You know, that those that play it on PlayStation, they would be mad, but they're going to want their game. They're going to yep. come over, you know. Oh, they, they would. That's the thing. It's all about these consoles should be about the games first and foremost. And because that's what we are. We're gamers. That's This is a gaming device. Yeah, you can add the other stuff. Great. But the hardcore guys and the people that are going to buy it first – we're the gamers, man. What is it? And that's why I'm, I'm excited that E3 is going to be about the games, you know, because it's going to definitely be targeted at all of us who want to know. Because, I mean, I liked the press conference. Still doesn't mean I haven't put my pre-order in yet. Right. You know, I still want more information. I want to see what's going to be available the day it releases. Is there even a game I want to play when it releases? Because I might, you know, there's no doubt I'll probably get one, but I might be able to wait till next year. But if they're putting Crackdown 3 out at the end of the year, dude, bam, sold, pre-order right now, buddy. <laughs> you know, And I'll probably go to the Best Buy or something. I probably won't do it through Amazon because I'll want it that night. <laughs> I'll be at the midnight. Oh, yeah. Give me Crackdown. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'll be there because of the game. That's the thing. I want to know what games are going to be available. You know, All the other stuff oh. is like kind of nice fluffy stuff or bonus stuff like the TV stuff. I don't know if it'll work with direct TV. I don't know. If it does, cool. I mean, I, it's a it's kind of a bonus, but the reason I'm looking at the next console is the games. And I was excited when they said 15 new IPs in yep. the first year alone. Yeah. Right? Was it or was it 8 in the first? No, it was 15 in the first year, right? I remember it being 15 and 8. I, now I don't remember what it was exactly. I'm going okay. to have to go back and look at our notes. Yeah. But. but you know, that that is pretty huge. I, I can't even imagine what amount of money Microsoft would have to pay a studio to just be exclusive. You know, well, I guess it's a risk for them in some some ways because they don't know how a game's going to sell but something like COD how many millions would it require uh Activision to not release on other consoles okay, cuz it would have to make up for what they can sell right okay so it's 15 exclusive titles in the first year eight of them are new IPs so okay. that means there's what, seven that are coming out that are already exclusives to the Xbox, most likely. So what do we got? A new Halo game? 
We got uh, maybe a new Gears game. We've got a new Forza game we know is coming out. Um, Quantum Break is is a, a new IP, so that'd be one of the eight. Okay, so I've got three. Uh, we're still got four more games coming out. So uh, Crackdown Three could be part of it. It's a current title. It's exclusive to Xbox. Maybe that is part of those seven. Because out of that fifteen, seven of them are already currently exclusives. They're not new. Right. So, uh, I don't know if they're going to do another Viva Pinata or something. There, there's probably a bunch of Connect Sports stuff that's probably something like that. You know, but, yeah, maybe. I, I, I'm, I'm all over it. Good. This is good news. I can't wait to see this. Dude, and we see it in a week. Yeah. Next that's Monday. Right. Next Monday. So, what? Eight days? Seven, eight days? Yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they say. Yeah. And then there's going to be the new round of complaining. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> this the new wave. Dude, don't make but. me vent again. No, no. So. I take that back. Let's edit that part out. <laughs> Strike it from the You know what? Memory. I want I want I hope Microsoft comes out in their press conference and shows us all games, man, for 360 and for Xbox 1. Just focus. I don't. I don't want to see the TV stuff. I don't want to see a bunch of Kinect stuff. Just show me some cool stuff. Um, are they going to do a Luma Room? I mean, we didn't see that, and you know, we've heard about it, but they didn't show it in the in the original thing. So let's see. Is a Luma Room going to be part of this? I'd be surprised. I'd be was. surprised. Yeah. I don't think it will be. It might be a next. It might be like a Connect. Will it be an add-on? Yeah. You know, it but, seems too uh, early based on what they were showing. Right. So, but I, I want to see E3 all about games. And then afterwards, during those days, that they can start talking to the press about their used game policy and all, you know, always online. And, you know, I mean, just to answer some questions and get all the haters, get their little questions so that the whiners can continue to whine or whatever. And then what I really want to see is all these whiners and babies that are crying why aren't you complaining about PlayStation? Because they have yet, they've still refused to answer the same questions about the online connectivity. Now, they said you don't have to be. You can be completely offline. However, if they're going to have a DRM thing, then they're gonna, it's going to be required to be doing the same thing like Microsoft is with checking in once a day. So I want to see, I want people to go to Sony and start whining and complaining to them. Why? Why is no one holding them to that standard of having to answer that question? You know, we still don't know what their DR uh, used game policy is. So, you know, I hope it gets redirected at them. Right. So, but the only good thing I think out of it is they always say, "What any, any you know any type of press is good press." Hey, Xbox One has been in the news this whole two two and a half weeks leading up to E3. It's all been about this. It's like. You know, Sony can sit there and go, ha they're getting bad press. Yeah, but everybody's talking about Xbox One. So what does everybody want to know going into E3? They want to know what Microsoft's going to say. Right. I don't hear anybody going, gee, I uh, wonder what Sony's going to say. Because, again, I think Sony blew their wad. It's all, here we go. Here's two-hour reveal back in February. We've got nothing for E3 except to show you what the box looks like. Ooh, I bet it'll be black and square. <laughs> yeah. I, I, does it matter what it looks like? You know, we've. 
it's just I don't know. No, it doesn't matter what it looks like. They got they got nothing. They got nothing left. Yeah. So I'm sure they got something, but it just seems like they showed a lot ahead of time. So maybe this turned out to be a really good move by Microsoft. It ticked some people off. They they had to know someone was you know. I'm surprised by the amount of negativity, but maybe it was a good move because it kept it's them in the fired spotlight. Up. Yes, get some talking. Exactly, and everybody wants to know now. Everybody, that's the big thing. Everybody wants to know about Microsoft's press conference. It's like everybody else, you know, no one else exists. It's like they all want to know about this. Why they don't care about anybody else yeah. is is beyond me. But and and if they actually seeded all of that themselves, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just started like the hate, and everybody just jumps on the bandwagon. It's like that's easy to do know. on the interwebs. Yeah, all those. PR people are, you know, marketing people are like high fiving each other. Yeah. So. Nice. So yeah, we should yeah, see yeah. more in this these games though. The E three, I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. You done? That was your story. Sure. But yes, I'm done. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you never know by how much talking I was doing. That's right. That's Sorry. right. <laughs> so uh, you know, kind of going along the the same lines there. Uh, this is kind of interesting, where the Avalanche Studios uh, Chief Creative Officer, uh, Christopher Sundberg, uh, has basically uh, dismissed the concerns that the Xbox One's uh, focus on, you know, all the television and stuff like that uh, is, like, its number one goal. And he's uh, basically said that it is a guilt... can't talk. It is a gaming platform. And uh, what he's basically said is Microsoft has said that it wants to make the Xbox One an entertainment center. If it was dubbed the ultimate gaming machine at this point, Microsoft would lose the attention of general media. This way, they are grabbing mainstream attention first and can focus entirely on gamers at E3. After that, they'll have both in their grasp. The Xbox is and always has been a gaming platform, and I don't see that changing with the Xbox One. And, I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it because, you know, these people that do the marketing and so, you know, stuff, they they look at everything a lot differently than we do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because everything is calculated. You know, they do... Because I've done a number of, like, focus groups and stuff like that, and you can kind of see, like, like all the testing and, and everything that goes into products, you know, before they get released. And, you know, none of this stuff is really done without, you know, careful consideration. And, you know, the way that they've proceeded with this, you know, with, you know, gamers getting their info at E3 – it kind of separates everything out, just like uh, Christopher said. And um, anyway, uh, moving on here to uh, what he said here. Uh, Though the debate and confusion continues over how Microsoft will implement its always-on system, Avalanche considers Xbox One's online functionality an exciting prospect. And he continues with uh, more... Connectivity is obviously fantastic. It enables us to develop online features that enhances the open-world gaming experience without limiting players' 
by having to stay connected. I think Journey and The Walking Dead were great examples of how to use connectivity to make the experience more interesting. With the anonymous connection to other players in Journey and the decision feedback in Walking Dead, we were a little late using all the fun metrics we've gathered from Just Cause 2 to make the game better and interesting for our fans. But in future games, um, uh, we are using player patterns to a greater extent. So this is another thing that kind of shows us how the gaming system might evolve in the future. You know, we got a little bit of a taste in the last year or two with what's possible when, you know, there's feedback of sorts. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, this is further going on the evolution of uh, this, this gaming system. And so then uh, he also says, I see Connect as one of the many possibilities to make gaming experiences at an Xbox One better. I have dreamt of making an open-world sandbox game where kids of many... Uh, for kids for many years, and in that case, I can see strong support for the Connect enhancing the experience while I have a hard time making a perfect fit with some of our games in the development at this moment. Eh. Not quite sure what he's saying there. But, uh, you know, it's... There's still a lot to be known about the Xbox, and you know we'll find out in the coming weeks. But you know, if if this guy is you know excited about it, I mean, it he obviously knows a lot more than we know, at least at this time. And uh, you know, I'm have to believe him. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> nah, heck no, absolutely not, absolutely not. Okay. Um, you're up. Alrighty. So I was just talking about recently about Insomniac and the game Fuse. Well, it turns out that they're already prototyping new Fuse experiences. So I guess this is uh, not necessarily going to be just a one-off game. Um, CEO Ted Price claims in a missive on the company blog that the team is already working on the next experience in the Fuse world, and he's not talking about DLC. He says, we've already begun expanding what we've begun with Fuse. Right now, as I write this, we're taking the core concepts behind Fuse and prototyping new stuff, stuff that leverages this bizarre alien substance, which is at the heart of the game. Now, I'm not talking about DLC. I'm talking about a new Fuse experience, all experiences altogether. Um, what's wonderful about creating and owning one's IP is that you can take it any direction you want, and that's what we're going to do. Stay tuned. So um, we may see. It looks like we're going to see more from the Fuse world. So I don't know. I'd be curious to see if if that maintains. If their sales are not very good, and I'm not seeing anybody. I rented it, so I only know one person that bought it. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so if they're not making any sales, I I don't necessarily believe the story, but we'll see. Yes, yeah. there may be more. Oh yeah. So uh, one other thing that's kind of interesting about what might be coming down the pipe with the Xbox One is that there was a patent that was filed by Microsoft uh, a couple of years ago, uh, which basically the gist of it is Microsoft is awarding a user across a TV ecosystem. Hmm. What do you think that might be, Mark? Uh, Xbox One? 
Achievements. Yeah, but I mean, achievements. Four. <laughs> achievements. Or <laughs> watching TV. <laughs> yes. You've watched seven thousand hours of Netflix. Congratulations! Here's five <laughs> achievement points. You are ultimate couch potato. <laughs> All it's going to do is that they're they're that's going to get people. You watch, you'll see people online twenty four seven now, like the achievement guys. Their Xboxes oh. will never turn off because even when they're sleeping, they'll be watching TV to try to get achievement points. But then you got to sleep on the sofa because maybe they can use the connect <laughs> to make sure that you're there. <laughs> there you go. There's I detect no one's in the room. Ooh, yeah, they, that that might blow it. There's no one here to watch this program. Yes. <laughs> or you know, you get your ultimate TV watching achievement, then all of a start, all of a sudden you start getting ads for Zumba Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> here, try this. No, no, really, try this. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, uh, basically, uh, television viewing tends to be a passive experience for the user, uh, right? Uh, but without many opportunities for the viewer to engage or have interactive experiences with the presented content. To increase interactive viewing and encourage the user to watch more or more of a particular item of video content, awards and achievements may be tied to those items of video content. Producers, distributors, and advertisers of the video content may set viewing goals and award a viewer who has reached the goals. So that was uh, the legalese in the uh, in the uh, patent claim. So, you know, we'll have to see what actually comes up with this. Um, but, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, you know, an, another way to get some gamer score, I guess. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take us out of the Xbox for just a minute, and I apologize. You have to all excuse me. But I think this game warrants us discussing it, okay. and that's The Last of Us. So if you have a PlayStation 3, um, I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally be able to dust it off and... Um, play a game on here again because Naughty Dog is releasing The Last of Us here in about two weeks. And what's interesting is they've, they've detailed uh, they're going to have a single player DLC and some season and a season pass for the game. So the um, the season pass is going to entitle their buyers to three pieces of The Last of Us DLC, including one for single player. The other two feature maps and other additions for the multiplayer, a mode which Naughty Dog has been very coy about. Uh, the studio promised more info on The Last of Us multiplayer later, but uh, the season pass, here's what I found was in- interesting. The season pass is only 20 bucks. Hmm. So you're getting one single-player DLC and two multiplayer, um, well, maps. It's two feature maps and other additions on the multiplayer. For just twenty bucks, um, so and that's a thirty percent saving on over the individual pieces. Uh, in addition uh, to the DLC, the season pass includes some day one bonuses, namely a number of in-game upgrades and an exclusive ninety-minute making of documentary called Grounded, which you probably won't watch on day one, anyways. But so I think that's pretty interesting. I might actually have to pay an extra twenty bucks for some DLC for. Season pass for Last of Us. Yeah. So I kind of like that, that you get some of the... Even that documentary, I think that would be interested to watch it 
if it's about them making the game, and it might be interesting stuff. So, but it, you know, this this I've heard from people who've played the demo already. Um, there's some people in our community that I guess if you had God of War Ascension, you could get the demo the other day. It was available, and I've heard nothing but good things already. So, I'm excited. I can't wait to play this game. This you know. Uncharted was amazing. If you still haven't played Uncharted, that alone is worth buying a PlayStation for. Um, that series is excellent. So, and this is the same makers of that game. So, The Last of Us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, one thing that's been brought up a whole bunch of times in talks for the new Xbox One, and I think they even talked about it a little bit on uh, Major Nelson's. Was it the? Um, the recording that was done after the reveal oh, was yeah. the uh, cloud computing uh, claims that they basically have were something. It was something like there was for every one Xbox, there was like three times the resources available in the cloud. I think that's what it was, just to basically offload some of the stuff that the Xbox can do, uh, where it doesn't have to do it. So the Xbox would basically be doing all of the you know, high latency computations and stuff that, you know, isn't so important. It can be done in the cloud and then just brought down. So you have this incredible experience, incredible, incredible experience. Well, it sounds good, but, you know, can that system actually work? So uh, Digital Foundry, um, which is... uh, uh, What are they? (laughs) Are they some kind of think tank or something? Who knows? Anyway, look it up if, if you care. So uh, Digital Foundry has examined Microsoft's claims basically to see how legit this is. Uh, they've basically said that this really just comes down to latency and bandwidth. So they write, bandwidth is a particularly sticky issue as current transfer speeds aren't even close to what a console can achieve on local hardware, ruling out possibility for any real-time calculations in the cloud. There are some less intensive possibilities, though, including Microsoft's own example of lighting. Uh, They say, however, that lighting would be slow to update, making it best suited for things like time-of-day changes. Other possibilities include uh, things like uh, NPC AI for games with large worlds, cloud computing, could run could run world simulation and just update the player's local world over time, allowing the worlds to live and respond to players' actions. Um, so you know that, that's something that's kind of interesting there. Um, you know, because one thing I had always thought of was that in in some ways certain things have a finite amount of computational values, you know, where you could actually put stuff into a table and then just like look it up. I, I wonder if I wonder if they could be doing something like that, you know, because I really don't see like um, really intense like, you know, graphics or something like that. I don't see how that could be done. You know what I mean, Mark? Well I I take it as more of think about on live and Gaikai, which Sony now owns, yep, yep. you know, the cloud does open up opportunities for essentially playing the game. Uh, maybe this is the last Xbox you need because it has the ability to 
when it's outgrown the hardware, if you will, you can play it on new hardware in the cloud, and the game is more streamed to you, where all the computation is doing in the cloud. I mean, OnLive has done it, so to say that they can't do much in the cloud seems kind of crazy to me. I mean, maybe in the traditional yeah, yeah. sense of the way the game is done now, but I, I think it's more of it opens up the future possibilities. Right. You know. So, I mean, I don't know. It's Or it could be stretching something like, let's say you're in a multiplayer game. You know, your you know, actions and everything that you're doing, that's all computed locally on your Xbox. And in a in a current environment, I would think that, you know, let's say you're in there with five teammates, those are also being computed by your Xbox. You know, like drawing them and positioning them. It's getting that information from somewhere. But maybe, you know, leveraging the cloud, some of that is offloaded. Could be. You know what I'm saying? You know, where... I I, I don't know. I I don't think this is... It's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would have made the claim... If if it wasn't possible, you know, it, it almost seems like they're trying to find something to shoot them down on. And I don't know, these these guys are pretty talented people. They've done some pretty amazing things. I mean, not everything we hear from, you know, Sony is going to be, we heard a lot of stuff about, well, every, every PlayStation game is going to be available to play. Well, no, that's not the case. That's what they want. That's what they said. That's what they want to happen. doesn't mean it's going to. But, you know, Sony bought Gaikai for a reason. That's why I kind of thought Microsoft possibly, not because of Gaikai purchased, but I figured a long time ago maybe Microsoft would buy on live. And um, maybe they don't need to buy it because they're going to do it on their own, you know. Right, right. They, they, they just said, you know what, we... Yeah, it's a great idea, but we're going to do something different using our Azure, Azure, whatever, cloud computing platform. And, you know, we've already got this network set up. We don't need to go and buy anybody because Xbox Live is already set up. You know, it's already, they already have a system in place and they can expand on it. So I just kind of took that cloud computing thing just to be, you know, potential for future enhancements to, you know, developers to make use of and to do certain things and, you know, but I, I'm still, I mean, the hardware we have now compared to what we're going to have here in the Xbox one. Oh my goodness. There's going to be so much more available to us. It's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. So, you know, it'll be cool when it releases. It'll be awesome. Like a couple of years down the road. Right. Yeah. I mean, look when the Xbox first came out, we had games like project dark zero perfect, whatever. Yeah. Project dark zero. It looked horrible. <laughs> You know, it didn't look mm-hmm. much better than an Xbox game. But you look at, you know, and that's the, that's the thing. That's where we're going to go. Like some of these games that are going to be on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 may not look that much better than what we're currently seeing. But four or five years from now, they're going to blow us away. Oh, yeah. So. And and I just, yeah, the, the abilities that these box devices have, both consoles, to have the cloud be a part of it, I think really brings a lot of future, you know, uh, longevity to the console, if you will. So. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Moving on. No, Uh, sir. No, sir. All right. EA has officially announced the Lost Island multiplayer DLC pack for Crisis 3. 
Um, it has been confirmed that the bundle will be available uh, from June 4th uh, for $15 or 1,200 Microsoft points. So the Lost Island will add four maps, two modes, and a range of additional weapons to the multiplayer component of the title. It's set outside of the New York City Liberty Dome. The aim is to apparently return the series' spiritual roots while also mixing up the current gameplay. So that will be out uh, this what, Tuesday, uh, yeah, Tuesday. So get some DLC for Crisis 3 if, okay. you, if you're excited about that. And then uh, another thing that was a pleasant surprise was uh, Mirror's Edge resurfacing in the form of Mirror's Edge 2. And I think we actually, some or you might have posted on our Facebook page a couple weeks ago if people would like to see it. Was that you? I think so. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. What would you have for lunch yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 there we go. So uh, Mirror's Edge 2 uh, appeared on the EA website in the form of a help, help page, and uh, it was swiftly taken down. So I think that might show that uh, Mirror's Edge 2 is in the works. and This is after it's been on, what, a German and an Italian retailer? So I think it was Amazon Germany and Amazon Italy or something like that. or uh, It showed up on their sites and then was yeah. briefly taken down. So, I mean, we've seen Mirror's Edge 2 pop up like three times in three different locations this last week. And being one of them, ZA, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think uh, I think we're going to see an announcement on this game here next week. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, I'm thinking so. And I was really curious to see if it would be out on the Xbox One. You know, using the Kinect somehow. I mean, who needs fitness oh, games man. when you got this thing? <laughs> so now you got to actually do the the moves. You got to do the or something. Wow, you got to do that parkour. For real, <laughs> yeah, you know they got that uh, that Roman gladiator whatever game. Uh-huh. I forget what it's called. You know where you're like using a sword, R- a shield. Rise. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Rise. Yeah. Y S E. They got that one. Mirror's Edge too. You know, it's like who needs uh, Taibo? Who needs Zumba? Exactly. You know, <laughs> you got video games. <laughs> it's like, hey Mark, you going to the club to work out? No, I'm going to play Xbox. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, the Xbox One Club. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I enjoyed the first uh, Mirror's Edge, although it was a little frustrating. Actually, it was a lot frustrating. Okay, I, I, I didn't even get to finish it. I had to quit. Yeah. But that was one I was going to look up and see if it's dirt cheap on Amazon because yeah. I liked it. I really yeah, did. Yeah. And then I got to a point where it's like I had to do this quadruple button combination or something that I just couldn't get down. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, because I, I was stuck in a room forever, and I just kept doing the same thing. Didn't make it, didn't make it, didn't make it. Wow, it's a hundred. Oh, it's a Japanese import. It's $100 uh, for a Japanese import of the game. For Xbox. That's a lot. A couple, two, three bucks. Yeah, or something. Something. So that's Mirror's Edge. Uh, hopefully we'll be hearing more about it soon. Oh, here we go. Um, they've got it for $40. Through Amazon, so it really hasn't dropped in price. Really, PlayStation Three version is twenty four dollars. The PC version sixteen dollars. The Xbox Three Sixty is forty bucks. Yeah, just get a used copy or something. Yeah, while you still can. Exactly. <laughs> 
Let me see if they have it. At our favorite, everybody's favorite retailer. Yeah, you can buy it pre-owned for fifteen bucks. Yeah, on it's definitely worth it for that much. Yep. So, there you go. There you go. All right. Yep. So, I'm up. Okay. We talked about this recently about the EA Online Pass, and the EA has actually begun the process process of eliminating online passes from its existing catalog of games. Um, some of the games that uh, are now free or, or the pass has been removed altogether is Alice Madness Returns, Battlefield 3, Battlefield Bad Company 2, Bulletstorm, Dead Space 2 and 3, Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age Origins, Kingdom of Amular the Reckoning, Mass Effect 2 and 3, Medal of Honor, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, The Run, and Shift 2. All three of those are Need for Speed titles. Skate 3 and The Sims 3. So um, if you've got any of those or you were going to rent them and didn't want, didn't rent them because of the online pass, the, I guess the online pass has been removed now, so you can play all these online without the pass. So there you go. Yay's. This I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're stripping it out of old games. Um yeah. I just figured them to drop it going forward, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's probably just to solidify. Yeah, we're listening to everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's PR. It is. It's trying to. They're trying to get back some. You know, they did lose. They were worst company in America for two years in a row. So. Yeah. That if that's what it takes to get you to listen, that's pretty sad. Yeah. But I guess we should say at least they're maybe listening. I don't know. No. I don't think so. <laughs> I think at this money. point, it's all old games. At this point, they're not, they're not, it doesn't matter. They're not losing anything by removing the online pass. Yeah. Because it's all I've, built in going forward. <laughs> right. And it's all old games that people are kind of like tired of. And, you know, maybe they're not getting the the sales like they used to. So now it just doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. It probably costs them more to maintain it. Probably. All righty. Alrighty. Okay. Um, there's a interesting thing on IGN. Uh, there was an article the other day called Xbox One, PS4, and the State of Gaming, where it was an infographic of some pretty interesting statistics, uh, you know, about our beloved console and the competition. And, uh, here, we'll go through these. Uh, what do you think, Mark? Just go through them one by one and talk about them, or just blast through them all? Oh, let's do one by one. Yeah, let's do one by one. Sounds good to me. Okay, so well, no, this... let's do them all. Let's just blast through them then. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, let's... So... I can't. Agree. We can't agree with each other. Yes, you can. Oh, all right. One by one. All right, one by one. Okay, so the first thing. Oh, and by the way, this was all done by um, uh, Deal News. Uh, deal news, they sent out a poll to uh, a whole ton of people. So what they came back with was, which platform do you predominantly use for gaming? So 44% Xbox 360. Yeah! 44%. That's big number. Keep that in mind. Big number, 44. Uh, 26% was PC. And 23% was PS3. Everything else is 6%, so I imagine that's probably Nintendo. 
Yeah, it says uh, the six percent includes smartphones, Nintendo, Wii, iPad slash tablets, and handheld gaming consoles. Wow, especially <laughs> smartphone. That's I know. Crazy. <laughs> that's that's a lot. So uh, it's it's very interesting because forty four percent with a three sixty, and then the PS three and the PC are in the twenties. So um, the PS three was actually like half half of the Xbox. I know. Very surprising. All right. Uh, you got anything to chime in about that one? PS3 sucks. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <I'm> moving on. <laughs> okay. Users who have owned their console for more than six years. So of the Xbox 360, users 29% have owned uh, their console for more than six years, whereas the PS3, yet again, about half of that value is at 17%. And the next question was, have you ever had to repair your current console? Well, you know this one's going to be bad for the 360. We win again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big is better, right? Yeah, yeah. Always. So Xbox, 54% of respondents had to repair those their consoles. And uh, PS3, 32% that have had to repair that console. Me. I know, right? Because we never really heard about it. That's a pretty high percentage. Yeah for people having to have their PS3 repaired. So, I mean, we know about the Red Ring, but, wow, PS3 was 32%. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised by that number. Yeah, it must have had something to do with the Blu-ray player. <laughs> Probably my Blu-ray died. <laughs> can't watch movies. Yeah, because the people would never know if, like, the console portion ever died. Or the online never worked. or yeah. <laughs> They've got the original uh, original uh, version of software installed that it shipped with. So. Yeah. So uh, moving on, uh, this is kind of interesting. Eighty-seven percent of gamers think people who exclusively play mobile gamers or games aren't actual gamers. Hmm. That's interesting. That's kind of dumb. Because, well, you know. The perception of who's a gamer and, and who isn't is very... It's a game. It's times. a game. If you like to play games... I mean, and the thing is, well, I guess it's a really... Dep- I mean, everybody likes to play games. Everybody in the world plays yes. games. Yes. Card games, board games, mobile games, console games, PC games. I mean, you got people that sit at the PC and play solitaire and they tell you they're not a gamer. So yeah. I guess it really depends, but I mean... People, everybody's playing games these days, so... Absolutely. You know, and the example that I always use is uh, my wife, where she does not consider herself a gamer at all. At all. Yet, she probably spends four to five hours playing games a day. On her tablet, on her phone, or... She does more know. than you. Oh, I, I mean... Maybe absolutely. we should have her host the show. You know, probably... <laughs> Just I'll, I'll teach her how to use the Xbox, and then you know <laughs> she can be my substitute. There you go. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of people like that, and you know, going along into the um, board game area, there's this one guy that goes around the U.S. and he does these talks, usually at colleges, about gaming and so forth. And uh, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. Like one of the first things he does is. You know, he'll ask, like, you know, who here considers themselves a gamer? 
And, you know, you might have a couple people in the room of, you know, a couple hundred that raise their hands. And so then he goes, okay, do you play games on your phone? Raise your hand. <laughs> and then he's, he, all these people are saying, you know, do you play this? Do you play that? Do you play on Facebook? And in the end, when he's done, like everybody in the room is raising their hand. And right. it's like, you know, you don't consider yourself a gamer, but you are. Exactly. So, anyway, uh, moving on here to the next one. Uh, Xbox and PS3 owners respect each other as true gamers almost equally. Yeah. Well, we don't know what the stats are on these. <laughs> it could be good no, or bad. No, no well, but seriously though, but you know, it, you know, I, I I don't really see the flame wars, you know, between PS3 and Xbox. No, and I think like we we don't day. we don't do yeah. a lot of that here ourselves. Yeah. You know, we uh, I mean, I sit there and said something about PlayStation sucks, but yet um, my next game is a PlayStation game. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for The Last of Us, but. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, we're all gamers, and I think that's, you know, when you get down to it, we're all gamers. We all, I don't care, I got people, you know, a lot of people listen to us play on multiple platforms. There's nothing right. wrong with that, so. Absolutely. Who cares? Get your game wherever you can get it. If, it, if it's out, fun, yeah. then play it. Doesn't matter what it's on, even if it's on the Wii U, you know, if you enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you enjoy it, it's a fun game, enjoy it. Have yeah. fun with it. Do they have fun games on the Wii U? I don't know. I don't have a Wii U, but... Yeah. Well, based on the sales numbers, I'd probably say no. Anyway, <laughs> the next one is, what's the longest period of time you've played a game without stopping? 67% of the readers have played for longer than an eight-hour workday. And 42% of readers have played a game for more than 12 hours straight. I'd be in that group. Wow. <laughs> I've done that, man. Yeah. I did. I remember when Guitar Hero 2 first came on the 360. I remember bringing that game home. I went out to the store. It was like a Saturday morning. I didn't have kids yet. Went over to the store, picked it up, brought it home, and started playing it. Dude, and it was like midnight. <laughs> I was still playing. My hand was like so permanent. I thought it was gonna be permanently deformed. It was so yep, sore, yep. but I couldn't <laughs> stop playing. Oh my goodness! You're you're doing the just one more. Just one more. Just see, one more. You do that for when, like the last yeah, eight hours. We Guitar Hero or the Rock Band games, you could because you only, you were only playing for three or four minutes at a time. Yeah. You know, so it's not like playing like a two hour level. Like in views, but I bet you you've done you've had some pretty long. I mean, think about some of those land parties we've gone to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm just thinking right now, like where you've sat there for hours playing, and then all of a sudden it's like you realize that your your body is like sore, hating you. (laughs) Or <laughs> it's like, you know, your joints, like your legs are cold and then, you know, like your joints are all achy and then you move them like to stand up and they're like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing <laughs> to me? Yeah. And you're all creaky and. Well, I remember yeah. the first time I went to Quake Mike's house with you. Oh, yeah. And uh, remember we were in the laundry room there on the card table. Yep. And uh, that was the first land party I ever went to. I remember we got there in the morning, you know, and it was like a two-hour drive for me to get there. And 
oh, we yeah. were setting yeah. up and, and we were playing, and the next thing I know, it was like eight o'clock at night. We hadn't yeah. eaten. None of us had stopped to even eat a lunch. It was like someone like eat at night said, "Hey, are we going to eat?" <laughs> and we ordered pizza or something, and we had been playing for like, you know, ten hours or something. And then the next thing I know, we ate, went back to gaming. Next thing I know, it was like two in the morning. Yeah, it's like what happened? Well, I think you probably left out the because that was back in the old probably what XP days or ninety five days or something like that, where we probably spent I don't know at least three hours trying to get like TCPIP to talk. Yeah, those those were the days you the first half yeah. of the day you're trying to get everybody connected. Yeah, and then somebody was always reinstalling Windows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he shares, always, he shares a name yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes by Rob. <laughs> yes. He, he always showed up with a virus or something. We yeah. always had to rebuild his machine at every LAN party. It was so funny. Yep. Oh my goodness. And it's like I can't ping the server. <laughs> 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 uh, I can't see the server. Oh man! And nowadays, it, the stuff just works. I know. Which is it's nice. awesome. But, yeah. Good times. Right. Good times. Anyway, uh, so next question is: What else do you use your console for? And nine percent of respondents basically say that they use it strictly for gaming. Which that is, uh, speaks volumes. Yeah. It says PS3 users are more likely to use their console to play DVDs or Blu-rays. Well, oh, <laughs> uh, and Xbox users are more likely to stream video. Understandably so. See, people are like, you know, this that right there that tells you a lot about the fact of well, why are they doing the TV thing? Why why are they making my entertainment console? Why are they? I want it to be about games. I want it to be about games. Well, when only nine percent of the people use it only for for games, that's tiny. That means the market is huge for them to sell this console to an an expanding market. Mm-hmm. They don't want to target nine percent of the audience. They want to target a hundred percent of the audience. Right, right. I mean, nine percent use it strictly for gaming. Wow, that is low. Yeah. So, but that's why we're seeing them do this, you know. Yeah. And and if Sony, you know, Sony has talked about PlayStation Four. It's all about the games, all about the games. If this, if their console comes out and that's all it does, I really think you're going to see them like drop off the face of the earth, man. They're going to follow look, Nintendo. Look what, yeah, look what Nintendo's doing. They can't even sell those things. They can't even give them away right now. This thing could sell like hotcakes because it's it's selling out to a larger audience and it still gives you the games. So I mean it makes sense. These guys they don't you know everybody wants so I just wanted to do games that's it. But this is a company that is in the doing this to make money to be profitable. And if there's no profit in making a, a console just for nine percent of the market, no one's going to do that. So they got to expand the business and so they can keep giving us great games. They got to get more people. Right, and, and offer other services, that's right. all that. So, but that's a, that's a huge. I mean, that's a very striking number. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, this question goes: uh, Do you download games through your console? Seventy-six percent say yes. 
So the majority of that must be Xbox users, I would think. And uh, do you make in-app purchases for mobile games? 77% say yes. Wow. Hmm. And I see that one, I could say no. I've never yeah. made an in-app purchase on a mobile game. But yeah. yes, I've downloaded to my console. Lots of stuff. My gaming library is huge. If I could, if I could get a physical box, you know, a, a, CD, a, DVD, or a CD disc box, whatever, for every Xbox Live Arcade title I bought, and I'd have several shelves filled up. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd be like Democulus. Yeah. Okay, are you considering buying one of the next-gen consoles once they debut? 42% say yes to the Xbox One. 29% say yes to the PS4. And 29% say no. Well, those 29% aren't gamers. Yeah. Well, you know what? This might be once they debut. Right. Maybe that means like right away. So, uh, you know, a lot of people get an Xbox One. Good yeah. see. Good see. Uh, 9% of Xbox owners are considering the PS4. And 3% of PS3 owners are considering the Xbox One. Hmm. And that's, and that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And see... That's taken, I really feel, what I'd like to see is Deal News do this, run just that question after E3. Because it really depends on when you run this. This was, this was obviously after the release. It was given after the Xbox One was revealed, which had a lot of negativity towards it. I think they're going to have, I think there'll be a lot of positivity after E3. Actually, this was... This was done before the reveal. No, because it says Xbox One. We didn't know the name. Right. But uh, it says it was based on uh, stuff delivered May 7th through Oh, maybe they just said the next Xbox. Well, if they did, then they never even saw... Okay, so they never saw anything for the next Xbox. Yeah. So this is before that. And and you know what? This thing that says 3% of the PS3 owners, you know, such a low number... You know, I know some people that are, you know, diehard Sony people. You know, they don't care what the Xbox has. I mean, it could come with, like, a Ferrari, and they still wouldn't get it, you know? Right. Just because, you know, they're Sony. Right. So. Well, you're always going to have some defections, but. Yeah. I'm surprised 9% are considering. But, again, I think it's just it doesn't mean they're leaving. It's just like, well, I'm looking into it. And exactly. that's what I'd want. It, it really, it should say 100% of Xbox owners are considering a PS4 and 100% of PlayStation 3 owners are considering an Xbox One. That's really what that stat should say because it lets you know you got intelligent people going, I want to see what's best for me. You know, I want to know what it's going to offer. It's, you know, I'm an Xbox fan. I like it. But I'm not sold yet. I want to see what, show me at E3 what it can do. There's got to be a reason to get my money. You know, there's got to be some games that I can't play on the 360 that I can only play on the PlayStation, or I'm on the Xbox One, that's going to compel me to buy it. Right. You know. Although, to kind of go against that a little bit, I really don't care what the PS4 has. I probably won't get it. Actually, I can say. No, I, I won't either. Out, I will not get it. I won't buy it myself. <laughs> it because. Matter. The controllers, the, it's, I don't, I don't like their controller. Yeah. You know that I struggle with that. I even when The Last of Us, that's the thing. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to use that dadgum controller again. 
you know. But yeah. I will work my way through it because the game is worth it. But, you know, I won't be buying a PS4 just for the next Uncharted game or the next Last of Us game. Unfortunately, I just I can't justify. I've only played three games yeah, you know, especially my five hundred dollar investment or whatever I paid for right. my PlayStation. It's just not, it's not worth it. I was just gonna say, you know, with the current gen, you know, you dropped a good amount of coin on that thing, and you know, did it really pay off? No. Yeah. So. Collects dust. Yeah. So. So. All right. Okay. And then uh, we've got uh, next gen video games are rumored to cost more. Will you be willing to pay more? 71% say no. But, you know, I really think that if they cost more, you're, what are you going to do? Right. So, uh, and then current games may be unplayable on next-gen consoles. 65% of gamers said that they would not rebuy their favorite games. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't I, buy I would buy it. I wouldn't, yeah, they're, and they're not, that's, that seems kind of a weird question because I don't expect them to redo these games on the Xbox One. Yeah. They're not gonna, like, port them over. So, we're gonna play new stuff, so. You know, like, Tomb Raider just came out, you know, you just played a recent, like, why bother buying it again, you know, it's. I wouldn't buy the Xbox One version of it, right? Exactly. You know, I want new games. I want Watch Dogs. I want Crackdown Three. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the games. I mean, it hasn't been enough time to have the nostalgia factor kick in either. You know. So. So that was that. Okay. Hello. Yep. yep. I'm here. Back to you, Mark. Relax. Calm down. It'll be okay. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> mute, Move mute, along. Mute. Am I muted? Can you not hear me? What? <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to multitask here, and you're you're, you're holding me up from that. <laughs> you're solitary. Game. No, I was actually reading a story about um, After Earth disappoints. <laughs> uh, oh, the new Will movie? the new Will Smith movie. I guess he. Uh, it underperformed this week is, in the box office. Oh, it, it was, oh, it was released on Friday. Yeah, yeah. it says uh, why no movie was expected to displace the reigning champ, Fast and Furious Six, as a number one movie. Um, After Earth was projected to, baby, to debut in second place in the thirty-five to forty million range. Instead, it bowed third place behind Now You See Me, which opened with a surprising twenty-eight point one million. So it opened up in third place. Um, it says for nearly two decades, every summer film starring Will Smith has opened at number one. So he has huh. tanked. So. Yeah. But in Star Trek, they were in fourth place. Awesome movie. So, anywho, sorry, but that's I was not playing solitaire. Uh, but what I did want to talk about, my next story is about Blacklist Developer Addresses the Next-Gen Splinter Cell. Um, so the Splinter Cell series is going to continue onto next-gen platforms, according to a statement from Splinter Cell Blacklist art director Scott Lee. He says, for next-gen, there are a lot of plans in the works. Obviously, we can't talk about that at the moment, but I definitely look forward to seeing Sam and new adventures bigger and better as we go along. 
Um, Lee said definitively that Sam will be back and that Ubisoft supports Splinter Cell as a big and very important franchise for the publisher. So, um, Recently, IGN asked Ubisoft's Toronto, Toronto's Jade Raymond about the possibility of a next-gen version of Splinter Cell Blacklist. And it's, she says, quote, we have a very good PC version coming out that's been around or been announced, so I can't say that's not something we consider, obviously. The PC version had a lot of optimized graphics and a lot of other optimized features. It's also a version where we're planning on some additional features for online. There's some additional community and other online features we won't have in the console version. It's 360, PS3, and PC. Those are the three that we're focused on right now. The next ones we'll just have to see. Let's get these out the door first. So it sounds like Blacklist is going to just be this current gen, and the next games that come out will be on the, on the, next, uh, on the next gen. So plan to get Blacklist, Splinter Cell Blacklist, on the 360. Okay. Okay. It's all back to you, Rob. I accidentally closed my window. Oh, oh sure, yeah. <laughs> well, you cover, covered it with, do, 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 do. <laughs> you probably covered it with solid there. <laughs> oh, no momento. You're waiting for the fireworks to finish, right, because you finally want a hand? <laughs> yes. No, I've got that dragon and I looking at me. <laughs> What was that from the original Solitaire, I think? I don't know. Remember that? Nope. No, that was Mahjong. That was Mahjong, actually. That sounds more appropriate. So, and this well, is taking anyways. a while. This okay, is taking a while to open up. Okay, so Dragon Age 3 is listed for Xbox One by another retailer. So we, we've kind of seen some other things get announced. Um, but again, Amazon, our buddies at Amazon, uh, a listing for Dragon Age 3 Inquisition has appeared on Amazon Italy and suggests that the title is headed to Xbox One. The listing contains no pricing info and is just listed as a placeholder date of January 1st, 2020. So, we know the Xbox One will be around for at least seven years. <laughs> so, yes. Since this doesn't come out till 2020. No, but, um, you know, it's kind of, again, this is just another title that's been kind of possibly, potentially leaked. Um, again, we probably will see a few more of these this week as E3 is coming and approaching and all these new game announcements are going to be upon us. So. Right. So there you go. You might be able to play Dragon Age 3 on the Xbox One. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So that's it for our, our stories. Uh, moving on to uh, this week's releases. We've got a couple, two, three things here. So uh, the big release date, I believe, is going to be, what, June 4th? And we've got a couple things here. Uh, there's Remember Me, which is uh, action adventure in Neo-Paris in 2084 uh, for the 360. Then there's State of Decay on June 5th. Yes. Yes. State of Decay, is that's that new zombie game that we were talking about? Yep, that's, I can't wait. That comes out this week. Yes. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday. Then yep. uh, Crisis 3, The Lost Island, uh, out on June 4th. Penny Arcade Adventures, Episode 4, comes out on June 7th. And I believe that's it. Yeah, I can't remember me. I'm hoping that one's on my, hey, I just got signed out, Rob. <laughs> oh, yay. We were talking about that earlier, how we get signed out. <laughs> Stupid. 
Google. Of Google Drive. So, um, what was I saying? Remember me? I'm looking forward to this one. This was one that kind of got a little bit of, if it wasn't for Watch Dogs, Remember Me probably would have been the, you know, had all the attention from last E3 last year. So, um, but it looked interesting. This is the one where I, you can, you can, uh, something to do with like wiping people's memories and like your main character gets her memory wiped and I think you're trying to figure out or figure out get your memories back or something but she has the ability to wipe other people's memories or change the events that happen so it should be interesting we'll see I'm definitely going to give it a try so I should have it this week so but yeah that and State of Decay I'm probably going to be buying State of Decay as well I'm I'm going to try that one out for try the demo and see how it likes but it looks like a could be a good zombie game Oh yeah, so excited. Yeah, there's, there's been a, a bunch of decent ones on XBLA, like Deadlight, and maybe this will follow. I hope so. Yeah, that's right. So that's it, man. And that is all. You, you didn't tell everybody to join our community at Facebook. Why don't you? Well, you just did. <laughs> join us in our Facebook community. Just search for this Xbox Life and. Join the discussion. There's lots of good talk going on in there. Oh, so. heck yeah. And we had some, uh, some people did, uh, say that they, uh, they don't, they were the, I didn't get any negative feedback from my rant last week. So either nobody's listening or, um, just the people that heard liked it. So I had some good, decent comments. Yes. So. Excellent. Right. <laughs> Ooh, in fact, I gotta say in our group right now, someone posted a question. Battle of the Xbox versus PlayStation exclusive, which ones do you prefer? Halo versus Uncharted? Ooh. <laughs> I'd have to give that one to Uncharted. <laughs> uh, Gears of War versus Resistance. I've not played Resistance, so I'd have to. Uh, Crackdown versus Infamous. Crackdown, baby. Uh, Forza versus Gran Turismo, uh, Project Gotham Racing versus Wipeout HD, Banjo Kazooie versus Ratchet and Clank, Perfect Dark versus Metal Gear Solid. So he's got some other stuff in here too. So there's kind of kind of cool people are sounding off um, on this. So go ahead and make your uh, make your announcements there. So. But yeah, there's this good, good cop, good topics, good conversation. If you need to find people to add to your friends list, uh, join there, get to know the community, and add some good people to your friends list. So, it's one thing I like about our community. Uh, we got a really good group of people out here. I enjoy playing with these people. So, absolutely. So, and also I got a Wilkes. <laughs> he posted a, a cover. It's so funny, dude. It's an Xbox Three cover for a game. It's got, it's got to be fake, man. It's got to be fake. If this is real, they should be ashamed, but it's got to be fake. There's no developer name on the cover, but the name of the game is Bear, and it says the game about being a bear. And it says be a bear in over 40 bear scenarios, the ultimate bear experience, and then it says bear DLC included. <laughs> it's just a cover of a bear on a, on a tree. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where he got it, but... <laughs> It's pretty funny. <laughs> and then there's also uh, the call call of Odie. You know who Odie is? Yeah, yeah. Garfield, yeah. Yep, call, call, call of Odie <laughs> instead of Call of Duty. <laughs> so, 
some good stuff in there. Some pretty good stuff. Oh, for sure. But uh, join the community, have fun, introduce yourself, get to know the, get to know the peeps, and uh, I guess that's it, right? That is all. Hit us up for five stars on iTunes because we rock. And that's it. Um, Rob, what do you say next week we record on Monday night? So we can record after the E3 reveal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That sounds good. All right. So next week we will do our show. You may not get it released till Tuesday the 11th. Uh, It just depends on how late our recording goes. Um, But we'll record next week's show after E3. So be sure to tune in and we'll give you our – you can hear Rob and I talk about what we saw, whether we liked it or not, so and whether we're going to put our pre-orders in. So we'll see. We'll know. All right. Yes, yes. With that, I'm out of here. I'm Mark, a.k.a. Wingman709. Take it off. And I'm Rob, also known as Pre-Star. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you all next week.